Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this new crazy mother. In this episode of Alpha Acid Radio, we'll discuss three different forms of brewing death, the rebirth of smutty nose, not slick, cereal city beer, Spotify having sex with a Boston brewery, and various can and other bottle releases. You're listening to Alpha Acid Radio. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Alpha Acid Radio. I am your host, Mr. Liquid Bread. This is episode number two of Alpha Acid Radio, December 10th, 2018. We have a crap ton of news. We've got a lot of interesting little facts that hit this past week and a half or so. I'm going against the grain and actually drinking and doing this podcast during a weeknight, which is, um, you know, it's kind of scary. With the old uh, work the next day. Cracking a beer, cracking another beer as I go here. So let's get into this, shall we? So this first piece of news is out of Colorado. It's regarding a brewery called Weldworks Brewing. And they came up with a neat concept earlier uh, this year. I guess it would have been last year, actually, where they decided they were going to brew 100 different beers through the course of 2018. And that actually got turned into 130 because they finished 100 beers in September. And continued on to brew 30 more by the end of the year right now, which is pretty impressive. These are all individually different beers. Most of them are new recipes that they came up with. And it's not, it's a really cool concept that they're able to brew this many. Some of the beers that they uh, brewed were Fruity Bits Mango Milkshake, which is a hazy IPA made with mango puree, lactose, and vanilla. And another one they brewed, which I actually thought was kind of a cool concept and maybe something that I want to do as a home brewer, is one that's called Red Velvet Cake Blonde Stout. Uh, I don't like the blonde stout. I've had a few blonde stouts, and they really suck. But the fact that they used cake, this, uh, this actual recipe featured 30 pounds of cake mix, an actual red velvet cake and some cocoa powder and more. But just the fact that they used uh, 30 pounds of cake mix, that's kind of interesting. You know, it's... Got some flour in there, and obviously there's probably a ton of sugar. And all those artificial, you know, kind of flavorings that make a cake mix. That'd be kind of neat to buy a few boxes of cake mix, a specific cake mix that maybe you want, like German chocolate, maybe, and add it to, uh, you know, a typical stout recipe, homebrewing recipe. That may be interesting to see how that turns out. Have a lot of sludge down at the bottom, a lot of uh, trub, if you will. Trub's on the top, isn't it? I don't remember anymore. I haven't brewed in a while, so I'm forgetting my homebrew terminology, but... It's kind of interesting that they went through this and said it was a learning experience, a learning experience in terms of uh, all the different recipes that they came up with, very creative recipes, but they did notice that they would not be able to sustain this if they tried to even do 100 beers again this year in 2019. They wouldn't be able to sustain it, wouldn't be very successful and probably fail as a company. So they're pulling back on the reins. Some of the beers they came out with the quality, there was quality concerns, obviously, and that actually hurt the you know the beer drinkers that are coming to their tap house. So they are pulling back on the reins, but they actually obviously learned a lot in terms of the recipes and other type of styles that they threw into this this uh, goal that they had for 2018. So I applaud them for doing that. It's really cool that breweries do this. I mean, how many of you have a brewery in your um, 
in your own hometown. It's a local place you like going to because it's close maybe or they have good food. But they stick to the same mundane 5, 10, 15 beers and never switch it up. Never switch it up. I mean, you can't go there and, and expect something new. It's always the same IPA, the same red, the same stout. Um, you know, that type of stuff. And that kind of gets boring after a while. I mean, yeah, it's it's not... It's not drinking macro beer, so I guess there's a spin, a positive spin on that. But the fact that you're having to go and drink the same beers over and over again, it kind of gets boring. It'd be like going to the same restaurant and only having the same five or six or seven dishes that you can choose from every single time you go there. Yeah, you might have a couple favorites, but after a while, you're just like, man, I don't want, I, I don't want to eat this anymore. And the same thing goes for beer. I mean, it's cool that this brewery did this. It may be a little bit too ambitious, but I really applaud them because they they now that they have a lot of weapons in their portfolio to come back and say, you know what, we brewed this like back in 2018. You know, it might be you know five years down the road, they'd be like, hey, we, we brewed this back in 2018, and we never went back and revisited this. And there were some great some great uh, comments by some of our patrons that really liked this beer. But you know, we probably could have done better on the quality and. You know, maybe did this a little bit longer. Maybe we should have maybe let the mash take a little longer, what have you. And um, I just think that's a really good indication of a brewery that's really willing to explore the boundaries of what they can do. And they're just going to become a better uh, brewery in the long run because of doing this. So I applaud them. I do have to say, this is one of the three forms of death I was referring to because the the staff members there got to be just dying brewing that much beer, that many different recipes and pushing it all into a 365 days. I mean, that's a lot, a lot, a lot of different recipes, a lot of beer to be brewing in the course of a year. So I applaud them and going into the next form of death. This one's spelled D E T H is revolution brewing company out of shy town out of Chicago. You know, most of you have heard of these guys. If you're from the Midwest, those of you have not that have not heard of them, don't quote me on this, but I believe the owner or the head brewer uh, is from, I think his name, yeah, his name is Jim Sibak. I believe, and if it's not him, it's the owner, is from, originally from Goose Island and part of that barrel aging team that makes the delicious Bourbon County Stout. If I'm wrong, you know, let me know, but I'm pretty sure that's where they're from and their barrel aging process is top-notch. It's right up there with uh, Goose Island's Bourbon County Stout in terms of quality. It probably isn't as well-developed and mature as Bourbon County Stout, but, man, it's damn close. And the really funny thing is is they put all their beers in 12-ounce cans. So, again, I talked about this in Episode 1. Beers get a really bad stigma, and especially a bourbon barrel-aged stout, man. You just you don't expect that out of a can, and if you do... Your, your expectations are really low. They have a bourbon barrel-aged stout called Death's Tar, T-A-R. Kind of a spin on, you know, Death Star, obviously from Star Wars. And it is remarkable. And they are coming out. Uh, last week, they released three new beers, one of them being Vanilla Death. And it sounds amazing. I wish I could get my hands on it, but it looks like it's only being released in the Chicagoland area, which is a bummer. I'm so close, just around the lake from them, yet so far that I'm not going to get to taste any of the this beer. Uh, it really is impressive that they're able to pack all this into the beer. Uh, such a young brewery, too. 
Um, I think they've only been around since 2010 is when they were they first opened. And uh, if you if you're in the Midwest or if you're in Chicago for that matter, try and see if you're if you can find some Death Tar and, or a Revolution in general. A lot of their beers are really good, so they've got some great IPAs, and they just they're they're a really really up and coming brewery um, coming out of the Midwest and Chicago for that matter, along with all the other ones from Chicago like Pipeworks and Half Acre and all those other ones that you've heard. But Revolution's a good one as well, and they are coming out again with vanilla death so if you find anybody that's maybe trading for some of that uh, you might want to check it out it is a vanilla death is a bourbon barrel aged vanilla stout and vanilla is not too strong it's not overly sweet or even really sweet at all it's just a really over really well produced stout that's coming in at 14 percent abv so uh it's going to finish with some oaky boozy notes obviously um, the person that I'm reading this article with says he's got a little hint of marshmallow, obviously some intense fudge chocolate, some vanilla, just a, yeah, it's just a perfect belly warming holiday beer, wintertime beer for that matter. If you can get somebody to trade it with you, because obviously if you don't live in Chicago, you're not going to get any of this. So again, that's Revolution's Vanilla Death. And the third form of death, which is only really, I guess at this point, a partial death is on December 20th, 2018, formerly located in Battle Creek, the brewery known as Arcadia Brewing Company or Arcadia Ales will be put up on the auction block for foreclosure. According to uh, MLive, the Michigan uh, news chain, they have neglected to pay $5,000 of their mortgage in 2016, 90000 almost 91000 in 2017, and another $400,000 on their mortgage in 2018, totaling up to $1.4 million. So some of you may be familiar with Arcadia Ales. Some of you may not. Uh, They're distributed in the Midwest and some some states uh, as far east as Pennsylvania and uh, even down south a bit and a little bit in the west in the Chicagoland. Uh, Illinois area, but they are a brewery that's been around since, I believe, 1996. They started off actually wanting to be part of the Kalamazoo experience, be part of the Kalamazoo, city of Kalamazoo in Michigan. Through the grapevine, I've heard stories that uh, investors lined up with uh, Arcadia to, to open their facility in Kalamazoo, and there was a push on the backside towards those investors to not invest because a little person named Larry Bell did not want another brewery in his town. He'd only been in the business for a little over 10 years. Craft brewing was just kind of taken off. The second big wave of craft breweries across the United States hit in the 1990s, mid-1990s, 1995, 96. And that's kind of the what I've heard through the grapevine is why they did not open in Kalamazoo and instead moved about 20 miles to the east to Battle Creek, Michigan, home of Kellogg's World Headquarters. And they've been there all the way up until 2017. So we're talking over 20 years in Battle Creek. And in that time, the last couple of years, they built a new facility in Kalamazoo. Now that the craft beer, beer industry has taken off, maybe it's because Larry Bell doesn't have as much weight anymore because he's not the only brewery in that town. 
So they they built a new brand new facility in Kalamazoo and turned around and closed the facility in Battle Creek, kind of shitting on the entire uh, Battle Creek community. They've been operating there since 2016, obviously, and it looks like he's not been paying his mortgage. Now, in Battle Creek, he also had problems with the city of Battle Creek and the landlord that owned the facility that he called home in Battle Creek and ended up leaving there. And I don't know if he owed money there as well or not, but this brewing facility is going up for auction on December 20th by the bank that the mortgage is held under. Tim Surprise, the owner of Arcadia Brewing Company, has released a statement saying that there is some agencies that are working with them to revitalize Arcadia Brewing Company. And he has more hope now that they will be revitalized than he has in a long time. And he says the bank has a contingency to put the put the property up for auction as a safeguard. So take it as you will. Ten days from now, well, I guess we'll find out and find out if there's going to be an Arcadia Brewing Company down the road. But if not, and anybody's got $1.5 million, swing into Kalamazoo because there's a brand new state-of-the-art brewing facility just sitting there waiting to be bought in 10 days. Just saying, people. And since we're already talking about Battle Creek, Michigan, Cereal City, the home of the world headquarters of Kellogg's Cereal, Kellogg's is in the beer news. Kellogg's will be now taking rejected cornflakes and donating them to a brewery to have beer brewed out of these cornflakes. So cornflakes or cereal in general is actually a little bit more scientific than I originally thought. When the flakes apparently are made, they are measured within a speck of how big or small they can be and how cooked they are before they are boxed. If any of those flakes fall out of the specks, they're rejected and normally thrown away. So it kind of surprises me that they don't even donate them to local farmers, which is weird. But anyways, they throw them away. So this is the United Kingdom, uh, British wing of Kellogg's. will be taking these wasted cornflakes and donating them to Manchester's Seven Brothers Brewery. Seven Brothers will be producing a beer known as Throwaway IPA, referring to the fact that the cornflakes involved in its production would previously have been discarded. And he, they call them that they are these uh, cornflakes are upcycled, as the company puts it, uh, reusing the cornflakes that would otherwise be too big, too small, or improperly cooked to go into a cereal uh, box. So the cereal will be made with roughly 30% uh, of its mash will be uh, Kellogg's cornflakes, and the rest looks like it'll be uh, wheat to kind of thicken the beer up because obviously a corn mash or cornflake mash is going to probably produce more of a crisp, kind of light-colored, light-bodied beer. And so to thicken it up a little bit, they're adding some wheat to it to thicken it up um, and make this beer. So it's kind of cool. I wish they were doing it here. The, the article that I'm reading off of uh, pastemagazine.com begs the question. He says he finishes the article saying it naturally begs the question, is it being done in the U.S. as well? Kellogg's is based in Battle Creek, Michigan. And I'm going to stop there. It is, but very little of it is still in Battle Creek. A lot of it has moved out of state. Some of it, a lot of it in, in uh, Illinois, south of uh, Chicago. So, yeah, we're, they do make, um, they do make uh, cereal here in Battle Creek where I'm located, but it's not, I don't think, nearly on the broad spectrum that it used to be back in the heyday. 
It also happens to be the backyard of several larger regional breweries, such as Dark Horse Brewing Company and, obviously, Bell's. If one of them has already brewed a cornflakes beer with Kellogg, this might be, if they haven't, this might be the time. Well, let me just say this. They didn't mention Arcadia, which is good because Arcadia is going away. And they're, they're out of those three breweries, they're the only ones in, in actually Battle Creek. Bell's Brewing Facilities in Comstock, which is halfway between Battle Creek and Kalamazoo. And they're, even though they claim to be Kalamazoo is their home, Dark Horse is in a little town to the east of Battle Creek called Marshall. So neither one of them are in Battle Creek. Just Arcadia was, but this guy, this guy or gal that wrote this article must be smart enough to know that Arcadia moved out in 2016, 2017. But I tell any brewer that's going to brew a beer with Kellogg's Corn Flakes, you better get creative because, man, it does not sound like it's going to be a very tasty beer, craft beer, that will, that is, unless, unless you're looking to make a gateway craft beer that's going to get those people in those those people that are still drinking bud miller because it's going to be a real light body beer just like what they were saying here in this article so i don't necessarily think that's a, a driving factor to go out and get yourself some kellogg's cornflakes now how about some count chocula or maybe cocoa pebbles that might be kind of good give a little give us a nice dark malt build of a stout or a brown or a uh, maybe not a brown but maybe a porter and add some of that cereal, that'd be good, man. We got some chocolate notes, a little, little lactose maybe in there too. Ooh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. All right, this next article is talking about Smutty Nose Brewing Company out of Hampton, New Hampshire. And many of you maybe have heard of Smutty Nose. They were big, I'd say, in the late 2000s, early 2010s. They've, a couple of their mainstream beers that a lot of people are familiar with are Finest Kind IPA and Old Brown Dog Brown Ale. So back in 2014, I believe, they were sold. They had actually had a foreclosure. They expanded. It sounds like they got a little too big uh, too quickly. Expanded a restaurant and tap house and ended up kind of foreclosing. I shouldn't say kind of. They did foreclose. And they ended up getting uh, bought by um, a investment company that in, that now is um, the breweries ran the CEO is a member of the a formerly member of the Boston Beer Company he used to be work for Boston Beer Company so got some good lineage now they've got a you know obviously a decent brewery back in the you know several years ago and now they got a guy from Boston Beer Company that probably knows what the hell he's doing and so they have re-released some of those uh, fine beers from that were that we may have known or some of you may have known from early or the late 2000s or early 2010s and and uh are starting to mix it up with some new uh recipes too to kind of light some fire under their you know their their beers a little bit to get a little bit more clout they've got a mysterious haze 6.7 percent double dry hopped new england ipa and another one called whole lot of lupulin a double ipa clocking in at 8.6 percent so keep your eyes out for that Sunny nose is was kind of a cool little brewery back, um, you know, almost 10 years, a little less than 10 years ago. And, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you start seeing them on shelves uh, East Coast, obviously in the Boston market. And, uh, you know, pick a couple up and, and give them a taste. Their, their packaging looks a lot different. And uh, the remarketing, their cans, it looks like they're coming in 16-ounce cans as well instead of the old previous 12-ounce cans and bottles. So that's that's kind of something new that you want to want to keep keep your eye out for. So this next story is a really interesting story. It's about technology and about beer, and it just kind of it kind of caught my eye. 
So Aeronaut Brewery, Brewery out of so Aeronaut Brewery out of Somerville, Massachusetts, is releasing a beer that you can get an album on. And you're probably wondering what the hell are you talking about? So Aeronaut Brewery has teamed up with Boston-based band The Lights Out. And they are releasing a beer called X-Ray Night Vision, which is a black IPA coming in at 6.3% ABV. So Aeronaut Brewery is teaming up with The Lights Out, a Boston-based band, to basically promote their album. And they're doing so by injecting their album or or putting their album within the label. And the label's kind of cool. It's a black and white label. It's got this hellacious kind of kick-ass illustration, almost like a pencil drawing of all these characters and like the word cerveza and x-ray and uh it's weird it looks like one character looks like kind of like a the one of the spies from the old mad magazine another guy in here looks like he's kind of like charlie brown looks like rocket raccoon from marvel comics is on here it's really wacky kind of label but once the beer is purchased um users can scan its spotify code on the label with the with that with the actual Spotify app to and they can retrieve a limited edition of the digital album that the lights out is releasing this year. So it's actually kind of cool. They're 16 ounce cans. This beer is a black IPA um called X-ray Night Vision and it comes in at a 6.3% ABV. So breweries teaming up with bands or vice versa isn't anything new. It's been going on for quite a while and a lot of breweries do it. Bands out there uh, like Pig Destroyer teaming up with Three Floyds doing Permanent Funeral. New Belgium Brewing Company teaming up with the heavy metal rock band Clutch brewing Lips of Faith. Or Robinson's Brewery teaming up with Iron Maiden to do Trooper Ale. But all of these breweries are kind of overshadowed by one specific brewery who's kind of made a habit of tying music with their beers. And that is Dogfish Head Brewing Company out of Delaware. They've brewed beers such as Pearl Jam. In celebration of Pearl Jam 20, they made Faithful Ale. They teamed up with the rap group Deltron 3030 and brewed Positive Contact, a name of a song by Deltron 3030. And they even went as far as teaming up with Sony Records themselves, brewing a beer after the late great miles davis called bitches brew so as you can see brewing a beer with a band and tying music to beer is almost you know like you know a beautiful union between two different types of art one is an art to your ears the other one is an art to your palate and your 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 some of your senses your eyes your nose your mouth your liver sense so even though this brewery is, is putting its Spotify album on the side of the cans, which is an ingenious way to kind of promote your your extended album, it's not going to be something we'll probably ever see go away. Music and beer is always going to be married hand in hand. And I tell you what, man, I, I love a good Friday or Saturday night listening to music, putting on your headphones, listening to some great tunes, and cracking open a great craft beer and just sipping on that thing and and just relaxing and de- kind of detoxifying from the work week. It's just beautiful. So within that segue, we'll go right back to Dogfish Head because they are going to be releasing or reuniting uh, their beer, reissuing their beer, American Beauty, which is a tribute to the Grateful Dead. 
That beer will be coming out on their release, uh, scheduled it for 2019. This beer is kind of, its description kind of reminds me of a Grateful Dead album. I'm not a Grateful Dead fan. I don't even know if I could name one of their songs. I could name a song if I heard it and said it was theirs, but I, I, I don't even think I know any of their songs. But I know they're a big hippie fan base or hippie type band and this beer will come in at a nice 6.7 i'm sorry 6.5 percent abv it's brewed with granola and a succulent wildflower honey which adds toasty sweet notes to this hoppy ale which is an ipa i believe so sounds pretty much like a grateful dead song in each bottle for that matter so if you didn't get any of this before when it was released back in uh 20 i think 13 you can go back and find some this year in 2019 when they we, they re-released this beer. On to some interbrewery fornication, if you will. Founders Brewing Company has announced that they will be contract brewing at Avery Brewing Company out of Colorado. They'll be starting this contract brewing in 2019 and basically be brewing just the all-day IPA line with Avery. Uh, if you ha haven't had all day IPA, it's a very, very aromatic session IPA. They call it I all day IPA because you can pretty much drink it all damn day. But man, does it smell delicious. Flavorful, it's not as much because obviously a lot of that malt and obviously the, if you're going to have a well-balanced beer, you don't want to have a lot of hops to without a lot of malt. The flavors aren't quite all there because it is a session IPA and it's such a low ABV beer. But the nose on it is phenomenal. And it's in a can, so that thing's going to last a while in terms of that, uh, that hot profile, that small, uh, evident hot profile. I'm guessing they're going to be contracting, contract brewing with Avery to kind of help with their West Coast distribution of all the IPA. This is, a, I believe, a year-round release for them, so they brew this all year long. And that might hint to something further down the road is that they may be looking to possibly build a second facility on the west side of the United States, maybe uh, Colorado market or even further west, kind of like the west coast invaded the east coast with Stone, New Belgium, those people showing up on the east coast in North Carolina. So maybe look for that. I didn't read anything that said they were doing that, but it only begs to differ that maybe, hey, that's why they're already out there contract brewing in Colorado because they're, they're needing to maybe simplify and reduce costs for distributing their beer for, out of Michigan by shipping it from Colorado, cutting down on some of the traveling costs or shipping costs. So so with that being said, and staying on the Founders Brewing Company note, they did release their 2019 availability calendar. Nothing really out of the ordinary in terms of their year-round re releases or their nitro drafts. Seasonal all looks typical. Their bar barrel age series, though, is something that everybody likes to keep their eye on. They will be releasing, obviously, Backwoods Bastard now, all year long, which is good. That is their bourbon barrel aged, um, gosh darn it, bourbon barrel aged Scotch ale. Uh, their Scotch ale being Dirty Bastard. This is just the bourbon barrel aged version of that. Uh, KBS obviously will be coming out the middle of March through April, right around that time area. Uh, they will also have CBS available in the month of November. If you're Anywhere in the United States now with a founder's footprint, you know CBS is all over this place right now. And every shelf, everywhere, you can easily f find that even into well into December now. 
They do have two other barrel-aged releases they have yet to name. Uh, barrel-aged number one and, or I'm sorry, number two and three. We don't know what those are. Those will be being released in May and June for the number two release, and the number three release will be released in August, September. So keep an eye out for a couple yet-to-be-named barrel-aged beers there. They will also be releasing Blushing Monk in January and February of 2019, which is a kind of a fruit, Belgian fruit beer. Uh, Double Trouble will be released. Green Zebra. They have a to-be-announced beer in uh, August, September. We don't know what that is, obviously. So that's about it from Founders being released in 2019. Nothing really out of the ordinary there except for the two barrel-aged beers. So this next story, I I don't really know. It's just a just an article about a certain brewery, and I just want to mention this brewery in case some of you are unclear on what's available in the Pacific Northwest. Now, I uh, I used to live out in the Pacific Northwest back in a, several years ago, twenty almost twenty five years ago. Uh, it was it was interesting because it was mid nineties and craft beer wasn't really a thing. I remember coming home one uh, one holiday. Uh, weekend and finding out my buddies were drinking this awesome new craft beer that was red. It was oh, it was just delicious. And I asked them what it was. And they said Killian's red. And I about started to laugh. The the West Coast kind of got their craft beer kick on way before the rest of the country. Now, one thing they didn't do is experiment outside of you know some light bodied IPAs and a lot of wheat beers, specifically the Seattle and Oregon area, they really were hardcore on wheat beers. A lot of um, Hefe Weissens, raspberry Hefe Weissens. And it was just, you know, some ESBs were being brewed up there. That's where uh, Red Hook got its start before it was uh, kind of consumed by AB InBev. Yeah, so it's it, pyramids from up there. If you've ever heard of pyramid, they they start off all just heavy wheat beers, and maybe they did brew some IPAs. But back then, I don't think it was quite a, a, a you know kind of a hot thing to be drinking IPAs. So those of you that aren't familiar with that area and don't know really what to drink up there, and kind of um, maybe are brought up on the, you know Midwest or East Coast, where you know you want a big big bodied stout or or um, you know some kind of uh, version of those dark winter beers, then look for Fremont Brewing Company. They are or Fremont Bre- Brewing. They are um, kind of hands down the uh, the epitome of what we would call a a a big bourbon barrel aged type of brewer that focuses on that type of style. They do have some uh, obviously other styles like IPAs and stuff like that, but they have um, Dark Star, Oatmeal Stout, Rusty Nail, Imperial Stout. Both of those have won some respected beer awards and uh, they are you know in the top seven of, of Washington's top 10 rated beers on Beer Advocate. They just released uh, December 1st um, to get some of their new barrel-aged beers, which is a coconut, a coconut and coffee cinnamon version of their Bee Bomb Winter Ale. I've had uh, a couple beers by them too. They're really good. They're right up there with any of the brewers, beers that we can get out here in the Midwest in terms of just big, heavy mouthfeel, bourbon going on. Looks like they maybe were a little bit lighter than I'm typically accustomed to, but still really packing a lot of flavor. So if you're out in the Pacific Northwest, and next time you're out that way, if you go out there for a business trip or you've got family or in-laws out that way, Look for Fremont Brewing. I believe they're out of Seattle, uh, maybe the north side of Seattle. I'm not positive, uh, but check them out. They're definitely worth uh, grabbing a couple bottles or grabbing a glass if you're, you pull, drag your butt up to the bar, uh, crap your bar, and uh, see it up on the tap list. All right, so let's uh, let's start wrapping up the show with some of the releases that are coming out here in the ne- actually past week or so and uh, upcoming weeks. 
Uh, Lagunitas, and I think I've seen this at my local grocery store, and I did not pick it up, and I need to go back and revisit this because I didn't realize the style uh, completely on the style. Lagunitas is coming out this holiday, or they have already released their Willitized Coffee Stout, which is aged in rye oak barrels. Uh, Lagunitas teamed up with Willet Distillery, which is uh, out of Kentucky, and they uh, brewed this coffee stout. It should be coming out in a store near you, so keep an eye out for that. And most of you that are familiar with Lagunitas, I like to throw Lagunitas in with Stone Brewing Company in that they are a very, very, for the quality of beer, they are very inexpensive. Uh, sometimes you get a beer and you're just like, wow, this has got a lot of flavor, and the bottle only cost me $6 or five, a bomber would only cost you like six bucks. It's really impressive. So if you can keep your eyes out for it, it may hit stores. The one, I think the one that I saw, it actually came in a gift pack with like a uh, snifter or something in, in, the, uh, in the box. So it wasn't like just a bottle sitting on the shelf. It was a uh, bottle with uh, a snifter. But that may be, I'm not sure if that was the exact same coffee stout. I do know it was coffee stout. So keep an eye out for that. They're always a good, uh, a good buy for the holidays when you need to get you drunk on during... Uh, Family outings, and you don't want to hear one of your in-laws babbling in your ear all night. Just drown yourself in some of that Lagunitas uh, willitized coffee stout. Smog City will be collaborating with Maui Brewing Company. That's kind of a neat uh, combination there. Smog City Brewing Company out of Torrance, California, and obviously Maui out of Hawaii. Their collaboration is a Kolsch beer called Star Maps. Uh, it's brewed with local star fruit from Ono Organic Farms of Maui. They also add Hul, H-U-E-L-L, Melon, Motuka, and Calypso hops. So you can get notes of citrus, apple, and melon, while the Pilsner wheat and Vienna malts provide light malt character with citrus and fruit esters. Comes in a uh, at a pretty high high ABV for a coal, 6.5%, 35 IBU. So that's another one you can kind of keep your eye out for if you're looking for something that's a little bit more lighter and not so dark during the holidays. Telegraph Brewing Company, or Telegraph Brewing out of, I'm not sure what town it is, but out of I think Santa Barbara, Santa Barbara, California, will be releasing Big Bad Bear, and that's spelled B-A-E-R, uh, that is a beer that they teamed up with Epic Brewing Company, uh, same uh, brewers of Big Bad Baptist. Uh, if you look at the label, it kind of, if you glance at it, it looks very reminiscent of Big Bad Baptist's label. This beer is a double barrel aged Imperial Stout, and they will be coming out with this soon. It's a 13.13% ABV beer that is aged in first use whiskey barrels for nine months, then finished in fairly drained port barrels for an additional few months before being blended with handlebar coffees, Honduras, Marcala beans, cocoa nibs, and sweet orange peel. The result is a luxurious, rich, and decadent stout that transitions from roasted coffee and chocolate sweetness to ripe fruit and a hint of citrus. Folks, right now I want to stop. If you hear me like wet in the mouth right now, like I'm like slobbering on myself, it's because I'm drinking a shitty ass sour stout of all things with cherries and i'm not a huge sour fan i definitely don't want to be drinking in the future a sour while i'm doing this podcast because all it does is make my mouth salivate where i'm choking on my own spit and i apologize that it sounds gross you got to be close to the mic so you guys can hear me clearly but you don't need to hear me slapping around my gums with spit in my mouth so i apologize right now 
And I digress, and we'll move on to the next beer. Other half will be releasing, releasing two new uh, IPAs, two fresh Daydream IPAs coming this. Uh, they just were released the first week of December. Tired Hands will be releasing a IPA, and I love their tweet on Twitter. Uh, it says, waiting for the gloom cast edition is our fucked up and gloomy IPA brewed originally in our humble little brew cafe a few months back. I love that, that they just dropped an F-bomb in the middle of that. So it's a 6.6% ABV beer. You get notes of lemon meringue, candied Concord grape, s'mores, ripe blueberry, Nilla wafers, and Thanksgiving pie crust. Jesus. That sounds like the kitchen sink to me. Anyways, that will be released soon, or uh, actually was released last week. Pipeworks will be releasing their premium Pilsner. Who gives a shit? Move on. Nothing against Pipeworks, but really, you're going to announce that you're releasing a premium Pilsner during the holidays? Yeah, move on. Uh, This next mention is not necessarily a release, but it kind of is. Cigar City's Hunapu Day is coming up. Our tickets can go on sale soon, and the Hunapu Day will be on March 9th, 2019. Those of you that aren't familiar with Cigar City, they are a brewery out of Tampa, Florida. They are uh, owned by a, ah, some kind of, I don't remember the company name, but they're the same company that owns Perrin Brewing Company out of Grand Rapids and Oscar Blues out of, uh, is it Durango, Colorado? Cigar City makes some great beers. They make um, uh, Cigar City makes, uh, what is it, High Lie IPA, High Lie on Oak. That's very good, too. And the Hunapus are good, good stout that I've never had, so I can't say it's that good because I've never had it. But they release it kind of one of these fancy release parties, kind of like Dark Lord Day by Three Floyds or Surly's Dark Darkness, Surly out of Minnesota, their Darkness Day where you have to buy tickets to even go and buy a bottle of this stuff, and that's the only time you can get it is through their release party. It's If you're down in that area and you've never heard of it and you're getting into craft beer, it's probably a good time to go. I've heard they've had some... It's not a real big out-of-control party like Dark Lord Day is up at Three Floyds where everybody's passed out by the end of the night laying in the yard lawn of, of the brewery. Uh, but this is a big, big-bodied stout. It's uh, 11.2%. It's an imperial stout boasting strong notes of espresso and dark chocolate. After fermentation, cocoa nibs, vanilla beans, and cinnamon are blended with ancho, pisilla, and guajillo chili peppers. <laughs> I don't know my chili peppers. Resulting beer finds a perfect balance between sweet milks, chocolate favors, spice derived complexity, and a Scoville heat that's slow building but never overpowering or overwhelming. Kind of a cool beer. I did not know it had the peppers in there. I've always heard about this beer but never knew that it had the peppers, but it makes sense. They're, the logo is kind of like a Mayan picture of uh, some Mayan uh, mask or something to that effect. So the Mayan, you know, Indians probably uh, probably had some heat and everything they had. So that's something to kind of note that that's coming up. Those of you that are on Untapped, and if you ha- are not on Untapped, get on Untapped. Look it up in the uh, Apple iStore or the in Android. I'm sorry, in Google Play Store. Just look up Untapped. Don't put an e at the end. Ed. Just put a d. U n t a p p d. It is a social media beer app. You can check in beers, keep track of beers, 140 characters to type type something you thought about the beer, rate it from a scale of 0 to 5. 
Um, you can tag the brewery. You can follow breweries. You can you have friends on there. You can pick pictures of the beer. It's actually kind of a nice little app to be able to really follow the beers that you've drank and go back and look at what you thought of a certain beer if you drank it two years prior and you want to see what if you thought about if, the, if your palates evolved at all or changed at all since then when you drink it a second time or a third time or fourth time or fifth time. So anyways, uh, on Untapped, they have uh, Breckenridge as a badge. That's another thing you can get on Untapped. They have badges kind of like the uh, Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts. So you're drinking either beer badges or, in this case, it's a brewery that's offering a badge. Um, Breckenridge Brewing Company, they're making a list and checking it twice. But unlike the one made in the North Pole, you want to be on the naughty side. If you are, it means you've been caught escaping the, your holiday responsibilities to instead gift yourself a Breckenridge Christmas Ale. This magically malty beer that tastes of chocolate, caramel, spicy hops, and pure joy is a soul-warming seasonal that will leave you perfectly happy to be naughty this year. So if you check in one of these, you get that little badge. It says it's a hashtag brew, uh, Breck Brew Naughty List 2018. So that's new a new badge. And then finally in this, uh, this episode of Alpha Acid Radio... I don't run across these all the time, but I'd like to at least push them out there because people that maybe listen may be interested in starting up in, um, in in the brewing field. In this case, is probably you're not starting off. You're probably already somewhat established, and you maybe want to move. Fat Tabby Brewing Company out of Houston, Texas, has a new brewery open uh, position opened up for head brewer. Uh, so you can check them out, and uh, they want at least two plus years of production uh, brewery experience. Uh, operating a 7 BBL system or larger. Uh, pretty much the typical stuff that you want um, out of a head brewer. So you might want to check that out if you're looking for a job or looking to relocate to the Houston, Texas, Texas area as a brewer. That Fat Tabby Brewing Company is indeed looking for a head brewer. All right, well, this wraps up uh, Episode 2 of Alpha Acid Radio, and I am again your host, Mr. Liquid Bread. If you want to reach out to me, definitely uh, tag me in a tweet. And you want to tag me as Mr. Liquid Bread, all one word. Or you can email me at beer at MrLiquidBread.com. So until next week or next time, we've got more beer news built up. Take care, drink some beers, and make sure you explore your palate this winter and really kind of explore it out and, you know, Find a new beer that you like or a new beer style you like. You, you never know. And don't always judge a beer by its cover. Sometimes beer labels suck, but the inside beer, you peel it back, peel, peel it back that crappy label, and the beer can surprise you sometimes. So take care. Peace out. Drink another beer. 